Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 344 for the 7th of Cheshvan in a leap year. So pretty recently, we began the Torah anew, right? The book of Breshis, Genesis. Uh, we, the, in the very first section of Breshis, we have the whole story of creation, the whole story of Adam and Chava and all of that stuff. And including that story is the story about how they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this tree of knowledge of good and evil, Etzadat Tovera, is like, it's yes, it's taught that it was an actual physical tree that they ate from. But there's a lot of depth there in terms of what that tree ac- actually represents, what we can think of in terms of that tree being today in our lives. That's what we're going to be talking about today is what is the tree of knowledge of good and evil? How does that manifest in our lives? So if you've been following along the past few episodes, then we've been talking about what this tree of knowledge of good and evil is not and what people have tended to think of it as. Certain people have had the misconception that uh, what the tree of knowledge of good and evil is is because they think knowledge, you know, knowing about good and evil, that has to do with the study of Jewish law and the study of of what's allowed, what's not allowed, and that kind of thing. And uh, and we see that actually the 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 basis for a lot of people thinking this kind of thing is actually a. a it's actually a passage from the a, a section out of the Zohar and what's known as the Rea Mehemna section of the Zohar, uh, where it actually talks about, it, re- it makes a reference to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it seems to imply there that it's talking about Jewish law. But what we've been exploring in the past few episodes is that this can't actually be the case because we see that really essentially in many other places the entirety of the torah is referred to as the tree of life and not the tree of knowledge of good and evil and how we can't actually say that any part of torah is evil so it's like to imply it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil seems to imply that there's evil inherent in the torah and there's not and we you know we went to a lot of different discussions about that and today now we're going to address the question of okay if all of those things are not the tree of knowledge of good and evil learning jewish law is not the the tree of knowledge of good and evil what is the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the answer in short and then we'll get into the text and see how the altar explains it is it's not the 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 study of these things that's the tree of knowledge of good and evil but it's actually the subject matter of these things that are being learned it's actually the the actual things in our reality that we that we deal with so it's like when we learn about the laws of kosher for example what animals are allowed what animals are not allowed what are we allowed to eat what state of mind should we be in when we're eating all of these kinds of things the actual animals themselves the actual raw materials of creation are what is what we can think of as being the trees of knowledge of good and evil. And this tree of knowledge of good and evil basically is really about like as it, what it's the purpose of it for us here is to sort 
through it to sort the good from the bad, to make it clear what is good, what is bad, what are we allowed to eat and and we and then eat those things, hopefully with the right mindset. What are we not allowed to eat and not eat those things and what that's all about. And this is going to be bringing up a lot of certain themes and teachings that we've learned about previously in Torah, about the, the deeper meaning behind the words Isser and Heter, which is like forbidden and permitted and what that means on a more Kabbalistic spiritual level. So it's, uh, yeah, so it's a really interesting section. And for context, we are still in the middle of Epistle 26 uh, of and so let's get into the text and see how the Alter Rebbe explains this. So the Alter Rebbe begins this section and he says that really when you examine closely the Lashon, the language that's found in that citation from the Ram Ahemna that we, that we began this section with, where it talks about this tree of good and evil, what it, what it actually says is that the tree of knowledge of good and evil this is for what that which is forbidden and that which is permitted. What it does not say, however, is it doesn't say Torah Isur Veheter. It doesn't say the Torah of, of Isur and Heter, of, of what's not allowed and what's allowed, or the Halachos of what's forbidden and what's per- permissible. So meaning to say, so explains the Altar Rabbah, that the actual it's it's not that the Torah of like the actual laws of what's allowed what's not what's not allowed that's the tree of knowledge of good and evil which is like sort of like the supposition that we were working off of that some people might be assuming that that's what it is but rather the actual thing itself which is forbidden or which is permissible that is the tree of knowledge of good and evil it's because that is as we explained elsewhere in Tanya and it's also written about in the Eitzchaim is the Klipas Noga this is the luminous husks as we spoke, spoke about, them, about them which we spoke about this this was earlier on in the tanya this uh but the ultra reiterates it here now that when we say this the word asul which means forbidden what it literally means is it's the root of that word is bound meaning that the klipa is rest upon this object so let's say if you have like food that is like uh like a uh, some non-kosher food or something like that that food Rest, what rests upon that food is, is a klipa, is a husk that cannot, that's bound. It cannot be elevated. It cannot be lifted up, uh, which is unlike something which is mutar. Mutar, on the other hand, means unbound, something that is like it can be lifted up, can be released. Uh, meaning to say that, why? Because something that's mutar is not bound. It's not, it's not connected. It's not tied and, uh, and forbidden in the klipos. So this is like sort of a Kabbalistic understanding, which again, we've spoken about previously in the Tanya, as to what makes something permissible or what makes something forbidden. Is it like, this is why, like, why is it that we're not allowed to eat certain types of food is because like the, the energy, the spiritual energy within them is bound up and it cannot be released. The, the klipos that are holding it back are hold that are resting upon it are bounding it in such a way that it cannot, it's trapped. It's, there's nothing we can do to release it versus those things that are muta. They also have a klipa that rests upon them, but they're not bound. They're muta. They have the ability to be released and and how do they get released in the case of things that are permissible is through the person, like let's say if we're talking about food, if the person has the right intention, if they have the intention of eating this kind of food for the sake of serving God, then uh, then this then the klipa within it can be um can be elevated and so too even if let's say a person um doesn't have let's say somebody eats 
a food that's kosher. So it's, it is uh, permissible and they just eat it. They don't have like a very specific type of food or anything like that. Um, they just eat it, but then they use the energy from that food to go and serve God. Like they use that energy then to go like, uh, like to go pray to God or something like that. So you wake up in the morning and let's say, you know, whether you have breakfast or whether you have coffee or whatever it is that gets you up in the morning, you use that energy that you got from the coffee or the food to then go pray to God. This also elevates that coffee or that food to God to you up, upwards because it's mutal, because it's permissible. It's not bound. And technically speaking, like the Altarabra gets into the technicality of what goes on here is that the letters of Torah and the tefillah and the prayer that the person gets in, is engaged in after consuming this food rise up to God. And this causes the energy to become clarified within the food. So it's like the, the basically the good part gets elevated out of it. And this happens during the week. This happens on weekdays, right? But um, on Shabbos, what happens, it's a very special thing that there, the Klipas Noga gets elevated on its on its own accord with the uh, with the chitzoniot, with the external aspects of all of the worlds. And so this is why it's a mitzvah to eat all kinds of good things on Shabbos. Like to really eat a lot of meat and wine, like really almost to what it might seem like if we were to eat so much into such in such a lavish way during the week, we'd be considered somebody who might be called a, a glutton or a drunkard to, you know, look about at the amount of, uh, of wine and food that we consume. I might've told the story before on the podcast, but I'll relate it again is when I was younger, then my family had a, a foster child for a while named Marshall, who was very cute. He was a little kid. I think he was like three years old and, um, and he would come to us on Shabbos. And one time we said to Marshall, Marshall, what do we do on Shabbos? And he said, eat. And we all started laughing. Uh, but he's not wrong. You know, like a, a lot of what we do on Shabbos is really just all about eating. So it seems kind of strange from the outside. It's like on such a holy day, which is all about like, you know, sanctification of the world and all that stuff and and um, and really connecting to God. What do we do? The mainstay of Shabbos is eating, is the food, is the wine. And we're supposed to eat meat and fish and all that stuff. Because the Klipas Noga in those things on Shabbos, that Shabbos has the unique ability to elevate those things, even if a person doesn't have any sort of specific kavana. So, uh, so this is why we specifically want to eat, want to eat as much as possible in Shabbos. Like we want to really indulge, you know, I mean, obviously not to the point where you make yourself sick or that it's really just unhealthy uh, or overindulgent, but you, you want to enjoy your food and you want to eat good food, good quality food. Um, and however, now the altar goes on and he says, this is not the case with something forbidden. Something forbidden cannot be elevated, not even on Shabbos, not on Shabbos, not on a weekday, um, not even if somebody were to use that food, that non-kosher food, and to learn with it and to uh, or to pray with it. Somebody could argue that, like, let's say, let's say someone's on vacation, right? And there's a really nice coffee shop or a little restaurant or something down the block that is not kosher, but they say to themselves, they say, you know what, I'm really hungry and I'm going to go eat whatever I want in that restaurant. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to use that energy to pray to God and to, uh, and to, to, to learn and that kind of thing. That doesn't work. It doesn't work that way because food that's not kosher cannot be elevated in the same way. It's asur, it's bound. Now there is one exception to the rule, which the Altar Rabbi does mention here. This is if a person eats for the sake of a pikuach nefesh, like to save a life. Uh, this is something that is allowed and it, then it becomes a total permissibility. So if God forbid somebody's in a situation, like let's say, you know, people were in the Holocaust or in prison or something like that. And it was just, you, you either eat the food that's not kosher or God forbid, 
you know, that you wouldn't be able to survive. In that instance, you actually are allowed to eat the non-kosher food. And there's no, um, not only is there no, nothing, you're not going against anything forbidden. In this case, spiritually spe- speaking, you actually could elevate the food. So it's the, the status of the food, the spirituality of the food actually changes in that instance. Um, Okay, so that's the case for the actual food, the actual substance that is going on that we're utilizing in these cases. But when it comes to the actual learning of the Torah about these different, or about like these different laws that have to do with the forbidden or the permissible or what's what's impure or what's pure, uh, like this is like the Mishnah or the Brita that are found in the Gemara and the actual um codifiers who explained all of these things like the rabbis that 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 get into this and clarify all these different halachas practical halachas uh, which is basically the entirety of the of the body of the of the oral law this comes from this is the sphera of malchus of atzillus as is explained in many parts of the of the holy zohar in in countless portions of the of the zohar um so, so too, like at the beginning of the Tikkunim, the Tikkunei Zohar, it says Malchus is pe. Malchus is speaking, right? Which we spoke about that before. Malchus is uh, is the idea of speech, and so this this is why it's associated with the oral law because the oral law is also all about speech. And when we're talking about Atzilus, so it's Malchus of Atzilus. Malchus of Atzilus, God and His causations are one and the same. Ihu chad. We've spoken about this before, meaning to say that the light of the the infinite light of God is unified there in 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 Atzilus with utmost unity, which this is the will and the wisdom that are vested within His speech, which is called Malchus, where everything is one. So, and that's the end of the section. And so, uh, yeah. And so, basically, the main takeaway is just this idea that this Itzachayim Tovarah, the the tree of knowledge of good and evil is not how many people mistook it to be this uh the study of all the different laws like it's not that like the study of kabbalah is the tree of life and then the study of the laws and the details and stuff like that is the tree of knowledge of good and evil they're both the tree of life so what then if they're both the tree of life what is the tree of knowledge of good and evil this is the subject matter that's being learned about in these different laws this is the actual things the actual food the actual animals, the actual uh, actions, things like that, whether they're permitted or forbidden, that's the, they fall into the realm. These things, these these objects that we do these actions with fall into the realm of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what the tree of knowledge of good and evil is. So that's it for today. And we will continue with this epistle tomorrow. So stay tuned and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.